Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. I want to invite you to go to our website at pastorbites.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-B-Y-T-E-S dot com. And look us up on the questions tab and insert your question that you would like to be asked. You do not have to even leave your information in your email. You're welcome to if you'd like. But maybe enter a topic that you'd like to hear discussed, something that you may be wanting more information on or a different biblical view on than you've heard. And and we'd like to be able to be helpful to you that way. You can also go to our Facebook page. Please like our Facebook page. And you can also message me on our Facebook page, and I will try to get that topic discussed. But I want to talk to you on this podcast on the subject of marriage. Now, that is a very, very, very broad topic. Let me tell you, I am still learning every day on the topic of marriage. But I do want to give some helpful hints that some of these things that I've learned have been the hard way. Uh, Many things that I've learned have been the hard way. And thank God for His grace and that He showed me some things in this area. But me and my wife have worked through some things, raised several children together, and have come up with some things that's worked good for us. And first of all, I want to address the communication styles. And that's real important, you know. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Now, let me stop there. That says, live with them according to knowledge. Dwell with them according to knowledge. And wives, that's also for you. But we are to live with our spouse according to knowledge. So spoiler alert, if you don't want to know, then turn this off right now because you're fixing to get some knowledge about what your other spouse thinks like and why your other spouse does some of the things that they do. So there's going to be some knowledge and some accountability after you hear these few facts. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the communication of the husband. Now, this is something that I do know about. Being a man, it's a lot easier for me to talk about. As far as the communication for the man, wives, when you speak to your husband, the first thing you need to know is normally uh, not as a golden rule, but as a principle, the husband is a fixer. God made him to be a fixer. Now, he may not be able to fix a lot of things around the house. He may not be able to fix the car, but the husband's a fixer. So when you go to communicate with your husband, remember this. He's got one thing in mind. Get the information that she is trying to tell me. Come up with a conclusion. And once I come up with a conclusion, come up with the answer to the problem and get it fixed. Now, that's a problem already because many, many times the woman does not want to be fixed. Now, when the woman communicates, husbands, she's trying to communicate to you as a general principle. She's trying to communicate to you and talk to you so she can figure out the problem or just share information with you. Husbands, she doesn't necessarily want to be fixed. If she wants to be fixed, she will probably come to you and say, can you fix this or can you give me insight on this? But the husband is already thinking, wives, when you start talking, what problem is she talking about? And sometimes that's hard because women kind of seem to a lot of times get around the bush two or three times before they get to the topic. So a man is already going to be trying to figure out the problem as you begin speaking. Now, one of the things that worked for my wife on this 
area because it has been a problem is my wife tries to tell me, honey, I'm just trying to talk to you about this. So I kind of want to talk to the counselor. Now, not all of you are counselors, but that's something that may help. That means that I need to leave my work hat off as far as working and fixing and working on the car. And I have to put on my listening hat. So she automatically has said to me, I want you just to listen to me. So my job is to bite my tongue and try not to fix her. So a good point of reference is, is that I am listening a lot more than I'm talking. Why is I want to give you some information about the way that a man thinks and a man thinks in compartments. Now, wives, it's going to be hard for you to understand this, but men do think in compartments. So they, I like to talk about them as, as like a dresser drawer or filing cabinet. And the top drawer has the work drawer. So they know how to deal with things at work and they're talking about things. That, one of the worst times you can talk to a man about a family issue or a problem is when he's working on his vehicle or when he's trying to figure out how to put something together. Now that seems like a convenient time, especially if you're handing him tools or talking to him or handing him parts or reading the directions to something he's putting together. But it's an absolute worst time ever to try to bring up some other stuff because he has one thing on his mind. He has one drawer open and that is get this work done, get this thing put together so I can finish the task so I can do something else, whatever he wants to do or whatever that it is. So he's got tunnel vision for that. And when you come in and start inserting other information about things you want to talk about because you're spending time together, it can be trouble. Now, some men can do this, but I've seen very few men that want to work on one project and talk about a problem, especially if it pertains to something that cannot be quickly fixed. So what me and my wife have had to learn to do is to discuss things at a certain time. It helps me to be able to prepare, especially it's not that she can't approach me about things throughout the week, but I'm talking about problems and things in the family, maybe whether it be with our children or whether it be with how to, uh, what we're going to go on vacation and we're going to spend a lot of money and how we're going to be able to budget for something, you know, how we're going to be able to make a, a our schedule out as far as through the year, not necessarily every little date we have to discuss on Monday nights, but we set up uh, time apart. I don't compromise that time. It has to be an emergency or I don't compromise that time. So we get together. We say, Hey, you know, we're going to meet tonight and every Monday night we know we're going to. And so what I've already prepared myself, I, I'm not going to plan on working on the car. I'm not going to plan on fixing a computer. I'm not going to plan on mowing the yard. I'm going to plan on Monday night. We're going to get together and discuss some of these problems. You see wives, if you will learn that, the man comes to everything to fix. Sometimes if you come to him all the time with little stuff throughout the day, it's like he's constantly going into the fixer gear. You may say, well, we're best friends. We talk all the time. Yes, small talk. Yes. And about things that's going on and, and giving information, that's one thing. But I've known ladies that go to their husband all the time. Well, what about this? What about that? What about this? They And then he gives them quick answers, but and then they, they feel like they're not loved or it seems like he's cutting them off. Well, it's because we do need to share throughout the day. And sometimes we have jobs to where we can, but sometimes like me, I get up in my morning. I like to do my devotions. I like to be able to do things. I don't, I don't take a lot of phone calls. 
You know, that's just what I've learned to operate on. That's how I've learned to get my time with the Lord, and I have to protect that time. Not all men are schedulers, but we all have an idea of things that we want to do and how we schedule. But So they have the work drawer. The man has the work drawer. And, and then he has the second drawer, and I want to call that the intimacy drawer. You see, the man can go very quickly from the top drawer to the bottom drawer. He can close the work drawer. He can clean off his greasy hands. He's ready for the intimate drawer. He's ready to be intimate with his wife. You know, it may not even be necessarily sexually intimate with his wife, but maybe the intimacy with his child, you know, to play with the child and to be able to hold the child and be able to feed the child. He's not going to want to feed the baby while he's working on the car. He's just not going to want to. And if you and if you impose that upon him and without him being able to finish your no, a best way to do that, if a man's working on a car and you want him to hold the baby, say, honey, here in about 10 or 15 minutes, could you make time to where you could get a break and hold the baby? He'd be obliged to be able to do that most generally, unless he's up against a time frame. But, you know, asking him to drop it right then and do something else is sometimes it just gets, it can be aggravating. And that may seem so simple, but it's so true. And then he'll have a nothingness drawer. That's drawer number three. He's got a nothingness drawer and he just absolutely thinks about nothing. And one of the worst things you can do, women, is you can look at him and say, what are you thinking about? He says nothing. Well, the truth is they have a nothing drawer, and most women don't have a nothing. They're all intricately as they think from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. They're thinking they're multitaskers. Women are better at multitasking. They just have a nothing drawer, so they're just thinking about nothing. And I've seen women say, he won't talk to me. You know, he won't share his feelings with me. Well, you know, think about this. The way that a bar is designed, now I'm not a promoter of the bar, I don't go to the bar, but think about the way a bar is designed. It's designed for men mainly. You know, some of the new sports bars and things, I know they're different, but the old bar had a bar stool and it was facing the bartender. You know, the tables weren't facing one another. And that's just the way that it was. The, the men set Side to side, not face to face, because that's the way they learn to communicate. They communicate with one person. Now, they'll have a lot of conversation. They'll have a lot of talks. And that the person next to them, they don't sit face to face. That tells you something the way about men communicate and about how they share with one another. One of the best ways for me and my wife to talk is when we're driving in the vehicle. Now, our talks on Monday night, we do sit at the house. But sometimes we have some of our greatest talks when we're in the vehicle. One of the worst things you can do to a man, especially if he hasn't worked in this area, is sit him down, stare him eyeball to eyeball, and say, talk to me. Because they sometimes they're just not used to that. It depends on the family they were raised in. If their mother had a very active role in their life, they may be. But, you know, if they were raised in a dysfunctional home and where there was a lot of arguing and things like that, they haven't learned to communicate. So you're going to have to learn to pick your communication when you talk about things. But the greatest thing for a man in his nothingness is just kind of let him have some time of just nothingness. And that's the way that a man thinks, you know, jaw at a time, you know, step at a time. That's why when men walk in the door, ladies, you sometimes you need to to give him my rule was please don't throw any big stuff on me for the first 15 minutes i've gotten better about that as my job's changed but whenever i worked in the oil fields and it was 100 degrees outside or it's freezing cold i want to be able to get my greasy clothes off i want to be able to wash my hands i wanted to be able to process i want to be able to get me a glass of water or iced tea and be 
able to sit down and then throw it on me. But I'd sometimes I'd walk through the door and of course my family wanted to talk to me. Praise God they wanted to talk to me. And before I got to even getting out of my greasy clothes, there'd been three people that hit me with three different issues or problems or information. And sometimes that was hard for me because I had not gotten out of that work drawer yet. I had worked all day long. A lot of times I would work 12, 14 hours a day, but I was still trying to process that. So I had to learn as a man, I had to learn to start processing that, you know, I'm getting into that family mode into that, you know, it was a little bit different. Sometimes I didn't always do it great, but it was a little different, you know, from swinging a hammer in the oil field. And there's a lot of yelling and screaming and loud motors and I mean, very animated people and then get home and say, well, hi, honey, how are you? You know, it was a big shift for me. And it wasn't that I was out in the flesh or I was trying to be sinful. I just, I was, I hadn't got out of the work drawer yet. And then when I walked in, if my wife threw three things on me, she might get the work mode. And then she didn't like that. She got her feelings hurt. A woman, man, as you remember, remember this, First Peter 3, 7, live with them according to knowledge or dwell with them according to knowledge. And so you need to know a little bit of how a woman thinks. And a woman, she's, her thoughts and her life is kind of all twined together. I like to think of women as a ball of twine. So it's like when you pull on the twine, the big ball of twine, when you pull on it, the center turns. And you can't move any area of it without affecting the other area. So for instance, if you want to have intimacy with your wife, it's probably a good idea not to be harsh to her in the morning because it's all connected. See, that's why wives can remember uh, 16 years ago, something that happened that happened to them tragically. And you're like, goodness. And I'm sorry to exaggerate the 16 years, but you know, they can remember something that happened two weeks ago. And the man, he's already closed that drawer, went to another drawer, opened another drawer. And that's, man, that's in your past. But for them, if you're kind of short with her in the morning and you say some things you shouldn't, or you didn't take out the trash like you're supposed to, and she had to get the kids ready and had to take out the trash too, she might still be a little irritated. So when you decide that night it's time for intimacy, she may still remember what happened that morning. But see, that's the way God made her. And that's so important. God made us differently. And men are more tunnel vision people. They see a task, they tackle the task. And that's what it says in the rest of 1 Peter 3, 7, when it says that the woman, is unto the weaker vessel. What, that doesn't mean weak, like just that her shoulders are not as broad, which is true, that you're able to carry a load. Most men have a little, not all times, but most men can carry more of a load. But also the men can carry more of a load-bearing task because he is more task-oriented to handle that load. That's the way God designed them. And the woman being the weaker vessel, because she already has two or 300 other things on her mind, and she might be multitasking 10 different things. Not that she can't handle what the husband can handle, but a load for her on top of the load she already carries makes her the weaker vessel. So that's what it's explaining here in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. So men, you need to understand that as a ball of twine, when you in the morning time are short with your wife, you've already made a big mistake in the area of intimacy. It might not be happening that night, men. I just want to let you know. So if you want to do that, then you probably 
probably need to be a little bit sweeter in the morning. And if you keep sabotaging that relationship, you may be going, well, what the heck, you know, is going on around here? You know, when's this happening? But we need to learn. Of course, we need godliness. We need kindness. And that always needs to be present. But sometimes you're sabotaging yourself because they can't, a woman can't easily say, okay, well, we're done with that. You know, he said a little something to me and, you know, he hurt my feelings or whatever happened. He said something he shouldn't have and then be ready to shift into that. They're like, what the heck's the matter with you? You know, we got to fix this problem. So if you have had a little issue, you might have to, even if it's not Monday night, you might have to switch gears and kind of manage this and let her talk her problem out. And also, men, remember, women go to the bathroom together. Now, that's weird. Um, that's just weird to me, but because uh, men don't do that. Uh, when I get up from the table, if my friend gets up to go to the bathroom with me, I mean, that's fine if he's got to go. But uh, I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen as often, but women, they go, oh, I'll go with you, you know, but the, what are they doing? It's because they're talking. You know, when I go to the bathroom, I don't want to talk to nobody, you know, men, you know, they face the wall and they don't, they hi, you know, that's all you hear. But women, they have conversations about how the night's going and what's going on and that's okay. Well, the man's concentrating on just going to the bathroom. That's what he's going to go do. But the women, on the other hand, they kind of discuss things and talk about things and, and that's okay, but it just tells them how they communicate. So a woman, as she's talking and thinking, she's figuring her problem out and she can walk and talk and think all at the same time she can multitask so she can do she can be cooking and she can be listening to a podcast and at the same time be talking to her husband well if a husband's listening to a podcast you may not get any response out of him or he's not going to listen to the podcast he's going to listen to you he's going to choose one or the other but that's just the way that he thinks he's that jaw guy and the woman's kind of that ball of twine so that's why a woman's able to multitask better also but a woman whenever she's speaking she's thinking so men our job is to bite our tongue and not fix her. I've had my wife talk to me for 15 minutes before. I've literally fixed nothing. I've said nothing except for, uh uh-huh, yep, uh uh-huh, yeah, that's right. Oh, uh-huh. And I need to act interested. Now, I can't be on my cell phone because that's a, right there, that's a violation. My wife will let me know that right away that, you know, hey, are you going to put the cell phone down? Are we going to talk? But anyway, uh, you know, that's a violation. What I'm saying is, is that husbands, you need to say, okay, I'm going to bite my tongue and I'm going to listen. I'm going to use the power of God. It'll take it sometimes to listen. And it's not that wives don't misinterpret this. It's not that we don't want to listen. It's just so hard not to try to fix and just listen. And I listen to my wife for 15 minutes and all of a sudden she says, well, I feel so much better. Thank you for this. And I'm like, well, praise God. And she's come up with the answer to her question. Because see, women a lot of times need to talk about things unless they're a real critical thinker. They need to talk about things in their emotional brain because we have an emotional brain we have a logical brain so as you're as they're discussing their logic they're kicking their emotional brain out they're discussing their logic and they come up with the conclusion but see a man he's more able to to switch back and forth from emotional to logical brain to where he hears something and then he kicks in that logical brain and he comes up and then he spits it back out and sometimes women say well he just doesn't show any emotion Well, it's just harder for him. One of the worst things you can do with a young person is try to get to their emotion. You know, I've heard this said, well, my 15 year old just doesn't tell me what his emotions are. Well, duh. His frontal lobe isn't even fully developed, first of all. Second of all, you're asking him to do something that most grown men can't do about why are you so frustrated or why are you irritated or what can I do to make you happy, you know? And let's, let me get let me get to that point. Women, it's not your fault if they're not happy 
and frustrated. Many times it's not. Sometimes, oh sure, if you don't do the laundry and won't keep up on the house, and I know people share those tasks, just basically put everything off on him, sure he'll be upset. But a lot of the times, if he's frustrated, he comes home from work. He's still irritated that his boss chewed him out. It's not you when he walks through the door. He just hadn't shifted from the door. Don't take it personal. Pray for him. Say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. And, and you know, go to, go to the Lord in prayer and ask for help for him. But many times, it, it's not you. And I've seen, I've told my wife before, you know, you've not done anything. It's just, I don't know what's going on. It may be oppression, you know, coming in the spiritual realm, oppression against me. Or it may be some frustration that I'm trying to work through. You know, I can't get in touch with my emotion enough. I can't, I'm I'm stuck in my emotional brain and I can't get to my logical brain. Sometimes that happens. So, you know, it's just important to remember that sometimes when our spouses are frustrated, you know, we, the Bible says that the blind lead to blind, they both fall into the ditch. And we're led by emotion. We're both the blind and we're falling into the ditch continually. The blind can't lead the blind, but we're to walk in the spirit. We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we cannot. My strength has to be drawn from God, not my wife. Now, my wife helps me. She loves me. She's a great help. I pray I'm a help to her. I know that I am. She tells me I am. So that's fine. But I don't get my fulfillment, my joy, my satisfaction, and my wife is happy with me. I'm not trying to perform for my wife all the time. That would be a miserable way to live in a marriage. No, I'm right with God. I get my spiritual strength. So if my wife falls, I have the strength to pick her up. Women the same way. You know, if your husband's frustrated and he's having a hard time and you can't find your joy or find your peace, I suggest, honey, that you get started real quick on getting some resolve, that you get filled up with the spirit of God, and the things of God and the word of God to where you can have spiritual strength. So when your husband falls, you can lend him a hand and to help pick him up. You know, I hope you're not having to pick each other up every day. I hope you guys have more spiritual strength in that. But the truth is, I know people, the only inner strength they have, their love tank. Remember I talk about the love tank? Their love tank is only being filled by their spouse. Let me tell you something, honey. I'm so glad that we have a God that fills love tanks. Let me tell you something, sir. I'm so glad that we have a God that fills love tank because I can't do it. Matter of fact, I know I've tried because the love tank can't be filled by the things of man or the things of woman. We can help and we can sure hurt, but we can't fill. God has to be the one to fill the love tank and we can't do it for our spouse. So it's important that we draw that strength. It's a triangular relationship. I draw my strength with my relationship with God first, you know. It's my vertical relationship, and then it goes out horizontally in every relationship in life. Now, I'll tell you this. There's some great blessings that come into our life through relationships, but you'll experience some very great blessings, and you'll experience the deepest hurt in the relationships that are around you. So I know I didn't get real far into this, but I hope this word meant and spoke to you. Uh, There's so much more on this topic. I'll probably do another podcast sometime. But for now, friends, it has been great being back with you, and I pray that you have a wonderful week. God bless.